I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. So F1's biggest worst secret is now out in the open. And it's something that we've all seen before. And considering what happened to Seb's hairline, I dread to think what will happen with Carlos's luscious locks. One of the many F1 seats up for grabs has been confirmed, although we should have just seen this as incredibly obvious that of course Charles Leclerc was going to stay at Ferrari for the future. Ferrari's been investing in this kid for nearly a decade, why would they suddenly give him up? Is he going to be getting another five-year contract like he got in 2019 or something? Well, it's gotten a little bit more complicated than that. Ferrari said, yeah, we're gonna hire Charles for a bit longer beyond the 2024 season, but for how long? Uh, no. There were talks that it was going to be a two plus three sort of a deal. So that means after two seasons, Charles could elect to leave without breaking his contract. That he could just go, I want to leave now. And Ferrari's like, oh, okay. But now the news is talking about Charles being there for at least several more seasons. It's starting to become the parlour now in Formula One that instead of just saying so-and-so's been contracted until this date, you're starting to get this person has been contracted for 2020-something and beyond. Like, it's some kind of nebulous number that you have to really get down into the nitty-gritty to find out the exact date. But in terms of the headlines, it's a multi-year contract. Ooh, very, very fancy. But to be fair, Ferrari don't exactly need to disclose to the public how long the contract is going to be with Charles Leclerc. The only people that need to know are the same people who oversaw the kerfuffle over Oscar Piastri's Alpine contract, the F1 Contract Recognition Board. And Ferrari want us to recognise that it's none of our beeswax how long it is. I'm actually surprised Zac Brown hasn't done this with his drivers. Teams can't easily try and write a date in the calendar to start putting out feelers towards these drivers and their agents. And it also means that the current teams can then have some kind of anticipation and awareness of how long the driver's going to be there for, and that these teams can't suddenly be blindsided by other teams courting their drivers and by the time they find all of this out these teams are in talks with their driver and there might be very little time for them to come up with a plan they're scrambling around trying to keep that driver case in point because lando norris's contract is up with mclaren at 2025 everybody is talking about it everyone is gearing up for finding out which team he might go toward or whether he'll stay at mclaren with this for Charles, all of these teams are going, ugh, what's the point? He's a Ferrari driver now. I may as well go home. All right, bye, everyone. Thusly, they'll forget about Charles Leclerc even being an option for them for the long term. And thusly, Ferrari can keep that driver all to themselves. And that means they can focus on them entirely and build the team around them. Kind of like how they sort of built the team around Michael Schumacher. All of this is a power play from Ferrari toward the other team. And also to the second driver that our golden boy matters you not so much. And all of this is something we have seen before. Back in 2019, where Charles was in his first year with the team and his second in F1, he got an unprecedented five-year contract extension with the Scuderia. This was agreed upon in the winter of that year, after his amazing debut Ferrari season where he won twice, including that Monza win. But what was the big elephant in the room at that time, around Christmas of 2019? Where was Fettel's contract? How come he hasn't had one extended? That would have been a major crisis in confidence and questioning his own position within the team. 
and that understandably would affect his overall performance for 2020. And sure enough, it was reported that Seb was dropped from the team, round about the same time Daniel Ricciardo got the itch with Renault and jumped to McLaren. All at the time when he was starting to get really good results with Renault, and it seemed really foolish that he was going to jump to McLaren. Yeah, that was a really weird time of drivers just jumping around just for the sake of boredom during the Roni Mona times. But in any case, Charles getting that plum before Sebastian surely would have dented his overall confidence, and it showed throughout that 2020 season. In that season, with that SF1000 car being absolutely terrible thanks to its underpowered and gutless engine, it meant that, understandably, both Ferrari drivers did not get into triple figures like they did the previous year. Charles Leclerc got 98 points that year. How many did Seb get? He was lucky to get just about a third of what Charles got. And almost half of those points came from his Turkish podium, his singular podium that year. You could attribute the fact that Ferrari had basically given up on Sebastian as a reason as to why he completely fell off. Even though you might be able to argue that in 2019 he kind of fell off due to also instability with Charles Leclerc and the tide turning from him after him not getting a championship with Ferrari. How did Sebastian react to this? Well, I don't recall him getting angry about this at all. He seemed quite magnanimous with this decision. He respected it, and he just got on with the job. He thanked Ferrari for their time, apologised that he couldn't get the title, even though he came close twice, but he just settled down and got on with the work of trying to get as many points for Ferrari as he could. And yes, of course, that Ferrari season was terrible for them. They finished sixth in the Constructors, and then Sebastian went off to Aston Martin, where he then went on to retirement. Now, am I thinking that the same thing could happen to Carlos Sainz, that 2024 will see him being destabilised for the fact that Charles has a contract extension and he has not, and that is becoming a sticking point? Uh, kind of, but Carlos he's a lot less likely to take this lying down. He has unfinished business with the Scuderia, since he has been trying to get an extension of sorts with them and has been very vocal about it. He ideally wants a two-year contract extension that will see him through through 2026 and try and make the most if Ferrari make good on the 2026 rule changes. If they have a car that's good, he can at least get one year with them and get some results before he is probably then turfed off for the next big thing. Probably Oli Behrman if he is able to get some good results with Haas. But no, Ferrari aren't exactly being accommodating with that, and there are rumours that are going around that he is going to be lucky to even get a singular year contract extension. That's right, Ferrari are trying to pigeonhole Carlos Sainz, in theory, into becoming a Valtteri Bottas. Sure, Ferrari don't mind keeping him, but they don't see him as a long-term solution anymore, and could easily cut ties with him with little commitment, little disruption. For the future, in the eyes of Fred Vasseur, there'll always be somebody in the corner of their eye that they're keeping an eye on and going, Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, Carlos, yeah, yeah, no, we like you. Oh. Uh, no, no, Carlos, everything's fine. Something that Bottas probably had to put up with throughout the entire career he had with Mercedes. Every single season was a piecemeal affair, and that would probably have been soul-sapping for any driver. It's not hard to understand why Carlos values Ferrari and he wants to stick with them for at least a little bit longer. Ferrari are making waves. Fred Vasseur's impact on the team is starting to show. They seem a lot less likely to get themselves in the flap. One of the biggest issues in terms of strategy, that guy has left the team, and that hopefully might make a difference. They have made some very key engineering hires. 
two high-profile ones back last year, and some other lower-level jobs from Red Bull as well. Sometimes those junior employees can make some big innovations that will then trickle up towards the senior department. That is where you, in theory, could find brand new ideas that you might not necessarily have thought of yourself. But at the same time, they have also had a brain drain themselves. David Sanchez over to McLaren and Laura Mekis over to the VCARB team. And rumours are having that Simone Resto, who had been sort of loaned out to Haas, is not coming back to the Ferrari fold, but instead going to VCARB as well. Which, yeah, swings and roundabouts, but Fred apparently might not really see much point in having Simone there because he obviously didn't make an impact with Haas. And Sainz might just want to make the most out of that brand new thinking. Ferrari might end up striking oil. And that might be why Carlos is not done with Ferrari. But Ferrari might be starting to finish up their relationship with him. After all, when he signed for them in 2021, he was expected to be the perfect number two to Charles Leclerc. Not get in the way. Because at McLaren, Carlos had proven to be a driver to keep an eye on for sure as a second solid, reliable accessory driver. He had a very limited profile. In fact, it was a little bit of a joke for a while that Carlos would be making up very solid positions and finishes, and yet the camera, the director of Formula One, whoever is in charge of the feed, never really saw any of that in action. Carlos was relatively anonymous, that he was just a nowhere man, except for that time when he got that podium in Brazil 2019. And then after the race, we found out he'd been making ways from the back to get toward P4 and then P3. It was like, where did that come from? In the eyes of many in the recruitment circle, he was a solid and dependable driver, but nothing to write home about for the likes of Ferrari, yeah, despite him being a very important part in McLaren's modern redemption arc. However, when he arrived at Maranello, he proved to be far more than Ferrari bargained for. And that came about when he got that fabulous second place in Monaco, and then people were starting to realise, oh, okay, he's kind of good. And then over 2021, people were realising, oh, he's actually really good. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. He went on to outscore Charles Leclerc. Now, I don't want to get into that debate here. Yes, I know. There are going to be many ups and downs and justifications that Charles was having bad reliability. And so I, no, we're not talking about that here. The point I want to make here is that Carlos was not the number two driver that Ferrari were expecting. He made waves much like how he made waves at Toro Rosso, and how there was apparently so much drama between the Science camp and the Verstappen camp as to who was the lead driver at Toro Rosso, even though it's meant to be a junior team and it's mainly about what Red Bull want and there shouldn't be a favourite, but there clearly was. Carlos was a bigger force than the Scuderia had expected and became a major headache for them with how to handle Charles. And as we saw in 2022, their attention was stretched out a little bit, with Charles potentially going for a championship run at the beginning of the year, 
which then unraveled by the time he got to Paul Ricard, and then at the same time, dealing with the likes of Carlos and his antics at Silverstone, where he was questioning team orders, so much to the point, he just completely ignored them and went on to get his first win. That's good on him, that he was able to get that win for the Scuderia in his second season, instead of being a guy who goes to Ferrari, hoping to get a win and never gets it. At least he got it. But clearly, he was thinking about his own race, his own career, making waves there instead of just following along with team orders. And if he didn't like them, he'll just go, no, we're not doing that. We're going to do it my way. And he gets results. Sure, Ferrari get the win, but it wasn't done in the circumstances they might have wanted. And there were a lot of questions coming from Charles as well, him being a mouthpiece for Ferrari as well, because obviously he's the golden boy, as to why... Carlos was railing against the system, why some of the things he did during qualifying especially was kind of pointless and unnecessary. But they have been one of the least fractious partnerships on the grid at the moment, but that could change. And it's not like Charles is saying Ferrari are perfect when it comes to team orders and strategy. Monaco 2022 being a very big example, he lost a podium, it could have been a win, his first win at Monaco, he couldn't even get third place, he was fourth. Fourth, he was so close. And then the whole, what are you doing? And all that stuff. Oh, God, I felt so bad for the guy. And then Brazil 2023, the car gives out. Why am I so unlucky? It's just like, oh, man, guy can't get a break. But he is loyal to a fault. He still backs them. If you get a team like that who has unwavering support behind you, they've got your back for forever and a day with a team that can be extremely fickle at times. That's a big deal. You do not squander that. Because if you did and you abandoned that team, Charles Leclerc would probably never be allowed in Italy ever again. Any driver on the planet would love to have that. And Charles is aware of that. And he is going to make hay while the sun shines while he is still their favorite driver. It's something that he wants to cherish. And it's understandable. Ferrari are just a rarity within Formula One. Yes, we know they've been around since the beginning of Formula One. They're able to do pretty much everything in-house. They have a culture. They have a way of doing things. They have very good quality control sometimes. But as we've seen, management can sometimes provide problems. Fred Vassar is the 15 principle they've had in a decade. So it's been quite disruptive. And as for Carlos throughout all of this, he is busy making a stink, whereas Charles is just going with the flow no matter what happens. Carlos is doing anything possible to justify an extension of his own. The Singapore victory of his in 2023 probably going down in F1 history as one of the most audacious strategy changes on the fly ever. Frankly, it's worthy of something you'd see in Speed Racer. Oh, Carlos is using his DRS to keep his friend behind him whilst also keeping the Mercedes right behind him, so that means his friend and he can get a one-two finish and undermine the Mercedes effort. Oh! And something Charles tried to emulate himself in Abu Dhabi, to not so much success, but it was worth a try. What differs from the likes of Sebastian Vettel's case is that Carlos is not willing to take this lying down. He's going down fighting. And all of that is going to attract the attention of many other teams that might want to have his improvisational skills to hand and also might view him, finally, as a very consistent and worthy team leader. With some considering him an option for Audi, since his father drives for them in rallying and recently won the Dakar with Audi as well. And he's also sponsored by Red Bull, whilst he and his son were present with Toro Rosso and were disruptive forces there too. Yeah, are you beginning to see a pattern here? But I know people want this to happen and Carlos Sr. wants to make this happen as well. But I don't feel like this is right. Everyone wants Carlos there to be the leader at Audi, but... 
I, I just think there'd be a backlash if he did get that position. People would not view this as a legitimate hiring. They'd be just saying, oh, he only got the gig because his father drives for Audi. Nepo baby! Nepo baby in the Audi seat! We just get the same problems that we had with Lance Stroll and Papa Stroll at Aston Martin, but to a slightly lesser extent because Carlos Senior doesn't own Audi. I don't think this is a really good viable option for him, but I can understand why people think that because... It's a brand new team wanting to make waves and Carlos might be a good leader there and he wouldn't be questioned. But at the same time, Audi is not making big promises. They're only hoping to be viably competitive in 2027. Would Carlos want to wait that long? I don't think so. I've actually got a sneaking suspicion that after his time with Ferrari is complete, he might decide to make a move back to McLaren. Why do I think this? Well, one of his long-term partners, Estrella Galicia, has now gone back to McLaren after it's become very clear that Ferrari are making ties with Asahi Corporation and the likes of Peroni has come from Aston Martin over to Ferrari. So you really can't have two businesses in the similar sector at the same time. So Estrella has gone back to McLaren because they worked with them with Carlos for a couple of years and they seem to have a good relationship. And Zach Brown is like a Hoover of sponsors because McLaren have the most partners on the entire grid. A very huge contrast from where they were in 2018 when the car was practically bare because nobody wanted to be seen next to McLaren with how bad they were. And yes, I know, just because a sponsor goes there doesn't necessarily mean that the driver will go there too because Santander were with McLaren for years after Alonso left and what did that mean? That meant nothing. It's just a little flight of fancy for mine that if Lando did go, Zach would get on the blower to Carlos and say, hey, Carlos, uh, Ola. They were the first team that gave him a multi-year contract. They signed him for a multi-year deal, which was a sign that they had faith in him. And he was also replacing Fernando Alonso, the Spanish saviour of Formula One, bringing that sport into relevancy in that country in the first place. And he was the guy replacing him. And he did a solid job. McLaren means a lot to Carlos, it's clear. And that farewell video that they made for him when he went to Ferrari, it clearly shows that that team really cherished what Carlos offered to the table. It might be a really good, reasonable way of just moving sideways on the grid, or maybe even up, because McLaren may be just as good as Ferrari. But it's a clear sign that eventually Carlos might want to just get out of the clear structure being built around Charles Leclerc for the future, since Carlos's contract is still up for debate. Even on a budget, Quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Thanks for listening to my ladder ramblings. If you liked what you heard, do be sure to leave a five-star rating on your podcasting platform of choice. I really do appreciate it. And until the next time I traverse the ladder, I hope you have a pleasant day. Goodbye. <laughs>